If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today on Horse Chats, we're going to talk again to Casey Bruce. So if you're thinking about someone who was a champion jockey, champion show rider, also dabbled in dressage, She's come again and she's an equestrian commentator. I think we talked about that a little bit last time. Episode number 469. Casey, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, really good, Casey. Yep, yep. Now, I know you're doing a bit of equestrian commentating and today we're going to learn about the 10 lessons learned from being an equestrian commentator. But before we even start, the duties you'd expect to have? Is it just all the glamour and just getting on the microphone or what else do you need to be able to do to be an equestrian commentator? Well, first off, it's good to have the experience, Glennis. You've also, you've got to have been there, done that because one of the primary things about being an equestrian commentator is don't speak about what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to understand what you're talking about before you even open your mouth, so to speak. Yep. Yep, yep. Lucky they've got you then. That's great. <laughs> you know, someone who has been <laughs> there, done that. I've been around a long time. Yeah. Have you called any races, Casey? I've not race called and I don't <laughs> think I will. I'm not too sure. I don't, honestly, I don't know how they do it. I, I think that's a bit quick, um, isn't it? They're trying to memorise all the colours. And mm, I mm. just, yeah, I, I can ride races, but if you ask me to call one, I don't think so. It's it's doing one and then calling one a little while later and then a little while later and all on the same day and yeah it is it gets mm-hmm. gets a little bit full on, okay so being there done that you think that's the main thing the being there done that what about other duties though is it just rock up on the day and do it or what preparation do you need? Well look there is a little bit of preparation involved in terms of you need to be able to speak you need to articulate um, it's good to be able to know your product mm-hmm. so you. I always say you speak about, again, what you know. So it's sort of coming back to having been there, done that. Yep. But as far as your duties in terms of preparation, for equestrian commentary, it's pretty straightforward. It's either dressage, show jumping, showing, um, maybe a bit of harness, uh, whatever, whatever's in front of you. So as long as you've put the homework in behind you, if you've never been out there and done that before, yep. um, then then you'll be okay to be able to speak about it. I think that's where your many years of experience come in, Casey. You know, it's all right for you to say, yep, well, you've just got to be there, done that. But, you know, the fact that you've been there, done that, someone who's just coming into it, I'm sure they've got to do a lot more homework than, you know, and it's stuff that you you just know because you've been in the industry such a long time. Well, it's been a helpful hint too, Glennis, that mm-hmm. um, someone that I call my father, Rob Gaylard, who also yes. is a equestrian commentator, he has been a big help to me because he doesn't understand the showing side of things like I do, but then I don't understand the harness side of things like he mm-hmm. does. So mm-hmm. when we both work together, we both have different knowledges and different aspects. And when the other one's talking, we sit back and listen and learn. So it's a great experience that if you're starting out to actually really listen to somebody that knows, have a teacher, someone to take you under your wing and, and really learn from that person. Yep, 
Yeah. Now, what about starting off? You know, what difference is there? What you see at ringside and then the grandstand at a major show? There's got to be a difference there. There's plenty of difference there. And I didn't really realise it until live stream came along. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're up in the grandstand and you're watching the horse events, whether it be at Adelaide Royal, Ecker, wherever you are, Melbourne Royal, which I've commentated all of those events, it you're so far away in a grandstand and what you see from afar, uh, you think to yourself, oh, I really like this type of horse and it wasn't called in. Why did the judge not call that horse in when clearly to me it worked the best? Now, yep. I know everyone's opinion is different, but it was actually amazing. Once the live stream kicked in, I could get out on ring level where general public aren't allowed unless, of course, they're competing, the horse and riders yes. that are being out there aside from the judges and stewards. So you're not really allowed up that close, whereas I was. Mm, and mm. it was wonderful to be able to stand back on the same level as the judge and actually almost see everything that the judge is seeing. And what you see from afar is not what you see up close, little intricate details about a horse might do something or put an odd stride in, or you know, but from afar, you wouldn't have seen that. So mm-hmm. I think that when people at a major show, and I hear it all the time, again, because I'm in around the crowd or whatever, they think to themselves, oh, that's not right, that horse shouldn't have been called in. And I've mm-hmm. often thought that sometimes myself, but it wasn't until I went down on ground level and saw what the judges saw that it wasn't until I had more of an understanding for, you know, a judge's decision on the day, you know, like what they see as opposed to what you see from afar or out ringside. Yep, yep, yep. Now, I know that you've been a show competitor. You know, you have been there, done that. So you must have some things that you can teach our listeners as far as etiquette. Etiquette in the ring, you know, things they should be doing. You must see people do things again and again and again and just cringe and think, the judge is not going to call you in. You're not going to get, you know, this is unacceptable as far as etiquette goes. What can you tell us about that? I think for me, I and having been back out showing again, I think probably one of my biggest things is ring etiquette. Um, If you don't happen to win a class, let's say you run second, third, fourth Mm -hmm. or fifth, whatever the case may be, be, there's certainly still a ring etiquette. Don't turn around before the judge has finished, after you've got your ribbon, before the judge has even finished sashing and walk out of the event. Um, It's always ring etiquette to allow the leader or the winner to leave first. Like That's the basic ring etiquette as well Mm -hmm. as you know, from having been at various shows and things like that, seeing it, especially in the littlies classes, um, little children, little boys and girls that are riding maybe, let's say, age group 14 years and under, it's always a great thing and I think that uh, more instructors need to teach it and, and sort of drum it into their littlies that a judge will always see you from the outside of the ring. Utilise the entire space that you've been given. Obviously, yep. if it's the football field, don't do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, utilise the ring space that you've got because if you're doing small circles in front of the judge, they generally won't be looking at you. They'll be looking out wider. So it's always a good thing, I think, for parents and instructors to teach their littlies to, you know, the judge will see you if you're out wide. Like, they will try not to cluster yourself in a group. But I think a ring etiquette from that degree as well is a good thing where, you know, at the end of the day, don't panic when you're out afar. Like a judge will see you from a distance. And, but mm-hmm. I'm a big stickler on rules as, you know, if you win, congratulate your competitors. That's just common knowledge. If you lose, congratulate your winners. 
always be gracious. Don't leave the ring before the judge has even finished sashing the class. And I, I see that so many times whilst I'm out there either competing or at shows somewhere that, you know, sometimes someone will run off. And, you know, you just think to yourself, well, that's just rude. You know, it's the judge's opinion on any specific day. We don't, mm. sometimes we agree with the judge, other times we don't. But there's still an amount of etiquette there that you need to utilise with your fellow competitors. Yep, yep, yep. Now, thinking about the difficulties of commentating, you know, I'm sure that someone as experienced as you is not going to find it quite as difficult, but what's what's the most difficult? You know, in what way is it difficult? Probably the most difficult thing for me is, I don't know, making sure you say the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. Today, this day and age, society is very sensitive. You know, you always have to make sure that whenever you open your mouth, you need to kind of engage your brain before you speak because... Mm-hmm. You know, if you say something about a horse or you say something about a rider, you might offend someone or do something. So it's always really difficult when you're more so live streaming because everything you say at any particular time, people from around the world, like I know with Adelaide Royal Show when I live stream there, people stretch as far as Hong Kong, Africa. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we have listeners that come from everywhere and you always have to make sure that you're trying to keep your audience amused but at the same time you're saying everything right so I always try and when I'm live streaming something commentate what I see in front of me but be very careful with what I say okay I think that's probably the most difficult thing is making sure that you always say the the correct thing as opposed to you know sometimes we engage our brain before we think (laughs) (laughs) sure sure stop I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What about at major shows? Is it a different audience at major shows? You know, I'm just thinking about our local show or just our local events, you know, where it's people go with their horses and their parents maybe and their strappers and, you know, their Mm -hmm. grandparents might come out to watch them. But a major show, you know, like even a royal show, it's a once a year event and and you get the people next door and, you know, people that don't even know anyone with horses, it'll be ringside. So, how different is it to commentate at a local, you know, local event or commentating at a, at a different show with a different audience? I think that potentially the most interesting thing about commentating at a major show, mm. and I think a lot of people are genuinely because they know Rob and I when we do our commentary now, they're slowly but surely starting to understand. It. But for example, I'll use Melbourne Show as a bit of a, um, as a bit of a, you know, what we do there. Melbourne Show has a uh, yes, we commentate to the equestrian crowd. We say what's going on on the ring, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We try and keep them updated with the classes. Obviously, rim, rings and ribbons aren't given unless 
we, we call it as Rob and I call their names forward. So that's at Royals. But what people don't understand as well is that at a Royal show and you're sitting in the grandstand and you're watching and, and for example, we're talking about stuff, about saddling mm. horses, do horses wear makeup and things like that. A lot of the equestrian people tend to forget that we have to dumb it down. We're not actually commentating to the equestrian people when we're at major shows. We're yes. actually commentating to the crowds that pay, mm-hmm. the, the city folks that come in and don't understand showing. So we will take them right back to basics and talk about the most basic of things with the equestrian people going, well, what a complete waste of time this is. You know, what are we listening to? <laughs> sure. Um, but what they need to understand is, our job is not obviously to commentate to them 24-7. Our job is to keep the people that are around the, the show mm. interested and draw them in to what it is that they're seeing, which is out in the arena. Yep. Speaking about um, how to make your horse walk, trot and canter. Speaking about the reasons as to why we use the bridles that we do. Um, talking about things that we feed the horses, etc., etc. So that the mums and dads that are from the city can turn around and go, well, maybe one day if we eventually get a horse, this is the hours and the time that needed to, whereas sometimes we, you know, the equestrian mm, people are mm. like, why are we speaking about this? But, you know, yep. I think they forget that there are people that actually pay a lot of money to come through the turnstiles and they want to know what they're seeing. Not everyone's as knowledgeable as yourself or me or Eric McGurk that's out in the middle of the ring. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just thinking about a really prestigious event the Gary Owen. Have you got insights there? You know, what goes on behind this? It's not just what's in, in the mic, but what goes on behind the scenes there? Well, the Gary Owen equestrian turnout, huh? Where do we start? So that is, <laughs> it's a big event, yeah. That is the main event, as everybody knows, mm. for um, equestrians, female equestrians. It's got such uh, prestige about it. It's, it's so meaningful in, in, in the way the event, you know, wraps around Violet Murrell and a brilliant horse, Gary Owen. Mm-hmm. But the Gary Owen at Royal Melbourne Show is so intense. There's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes from all the horse staff. There's the Gary Owen high tea. A lot of people aren't aware, but the showgrounds put on a really big high tea prior to the event, and they induct a um, Gary Owen Hall of Fame. They do a horse, a rider, and service to the Gary Owen. So there's quite a bit involved. And then on the day, the Gary Owen once upon a time used to be you weren't allowed to talk when a horse was out working. You know, heaven forbid somebody talked amongst yes. the Gary Owen workout in case the horse spooked or shied or you put the rider off in, in any way, shape, or form. And then you can't speak to anybody when the Gary Owen's on as, a, as in another rider. You can't do this, you can't do that. Well, Rob Gaylard and I, as well as the Royal Melbourne Show, thought that this event is so prestigious. Let's make it bigger and better again. So along with the help of the Royal Melbourne Show, we've now almost turned the Gary Owen into a bit of a production, a bit of theatre. Again, because mm-hmm. people will fly in from Queensland to come and watch the Gary Owen equestrian turnout because yes. it means so much to female riders. So nowadays, whenever you do the Gary Owen, it's your responsibility to you know be able to remember your workout and have the commentary team talk through it. We bring in Linda Hayes because her knowledge of being a previous winner is is paramount. Like I can talk to the equestrian riders. My job is to ask them about their day, how did it start, get an insight into their preparation, where they've been, what made them want to do the Gary Owen, 
whereas Linda Hayes and Rob Gayard are upstairs talking through some of the workouts, et cetera, et cetera, and speaking about the gear, how, you know, I think there's so many, like, stitches between yes. things, how the yes. stock is supposed to be tied, the reasons mm-hmm. for the gear, you know, the woolen you know, jackets, are they comfortable? Even trying to get boots on, you know, the procedure that it is to pull a boot off. Like, mm-hmm. so that's what we've done from a commentary side of the Gary Owen. We've we've created theatre. We've now started to put um, a little bit of I'll go out before the event and interview a few riders and horses before the, a couple of days even before the Gary Owen when they first come into the showgrounds. And, and again, trying to create an event for the public so that when the public is sitting down and they see, for example, Ali Berwick, who rode Rolex last year, they see Ali, we have an interview with Ali, then all of a sudden, the day of the Gary Owen, prior to the event, we put Ali Berwick up on the big screen and everyone that's sitting in the grandstand all of a sudden sees Ali Berwick's journey on how to get to the Gary Owen, where she came from, what she thinks, what she's hoping for on the day. They see that on the day, and then all of a sudden when Ellie comes into the ring, mm-hmm. the crowd are almost going on a journey <laughs> with her. They're living yes. that with her because they've already heard her speak about what that meant to her. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do with the Gary Owen. And it's, it's a big event, and the, sh- the Melbourne Rural Show should be commended, um, but there's a lot in it. Trust me, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, and, and there's a lot of angst on the morning of, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now, have a look, horsechats.com. I'm just thinking about putting you under pressure. The live streaming, we talked about a bit before, but the whole commentary and you know you said about not making a mistake but do you have tips before you go into a live streaming event what can you do to make it better to make it so it's not so hard well I think I again only speak about what you know and only Mm -hmm. talk about what you see because if you go talking about something that the people in the in the crowd aren't looking at they can't relate to it and I think probably the most difficult thing about any live stream is you're always going to get people that agree with you or don't agree with you. Like in today's day and age, everyone's open to their own opinion and, and there's so many hecklers out there that they love to mm. bomb you about things. So I think that you um, speak about what you know and if you don't know something, that's the beauty of live streams. Um, for example, if I was to do, I, I said it before, harness, my background is not harness background. I've learned a lot over the years, but I don't know too much about it. So... When I was at Adelaide Royal Show, I'd speak about what I saw in the arena. I'd try and break it down how I saw it. But if there was something that I felt the audience needed to know, I would then go and approach the steward or I'd go and talk to the judge because this is the beauty about live stream and this is where it's getting so popular. On live stream, I can go and talk to the judge. I can talk to the judge about what he or she sees. Mm -hmm. I can talk to them about what they're looking for. I can speak to them about what their workout's going to entail. So on a live stream, you can actually speak to them about this sort of stuff because at the end of the day, the people that are sitting outside can't hear or see that. So their horses are already in the ring. So unless the competitor's got a mobile phone on them, they can't ring and say, this judge is looking for a pretty little black pony. (laughs) We're we're sitting on a buckskin. Let's leave the ring, you know, type Mm -hmm. of thing. So. 
that's the real beauty about live stream is it brings the people at home and it's a really good learning curve mm-hmm. for, for those sitting at home too to be able to watch. And I always invite my audience to watch after I've spoken to a judge to watch what the judge is looking for. If she says she's looking for movement, she's looking for confirmation, but she's looking for a horse that's faultless in workout, well, then you can go and look at the workouts of each and every horse then. And then when you're sitting at home watching it, listening to me, and then having already heard what the judge has spoken about, you can then try and pick the winner. And it's always good to hear from the professionals about what their thoughts are, um, what their type is, because at the end of the day, these people are judging these events for a particular reason. They're the professionals in their, you know, acquired field. So yes. to actually get the opportunity to learn and speak and listen to them, because they can speak about it on live stream, but they cannot, under any circumstances, speak about it on air. So if mm-hmm. I was broadcasting to everybody at the show, not a chance in hell would that judge be allowed to answer any question that I'd asked her and, and I'd just look like an idiot if I if I did that. Okay. So it's really, really good in that re- in that regard with live stream. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it enables you to, you know, listen to what the judge wants and learn. Like last year at Adelaide Royal Show, I had an absolute ball listening to the judges. Leonie Walsh was one of them. Brilliant lady to work with. Listen to her thoughts. And she was almost schooling me like an instructor whilst I yep. was out there. And Isn't that great? Was so much fun. I learned mm, so mm, much. Mm, good, good. I'm just thinking, you know, the events you, you um, commentate at, are you supposed to know everything? And what events do you commentate at? Because I know that you go to, a, you know, quite a few different places, but can you give us a rundown of um, the events that you're at? So I've in the past commentated the Echo, obviously Brisbane yes. World Show. Adelaide Royal Show, I've commentated that. Melbourne Show, I think I've been with Melbourne Royal Show now for nearly maybe eight or nine years. It's, it's mm-hmm. been a, quite a long time. I've also done Grand Nationals. I commentate at the races. Jumping is not my forte. I will give everybody the heads mm-hmm. up there. Don't ever ask me to commentate a jumping event. I don't know it. I don't understand it. Well, one of the things that um, I was asked at Adelaide Royal Show, one of the commentary team didn't show up. And of course, with me, it's I thought, I'll do this, and I'll probably get shot for saying it now. I don't understand jumping, so I don't do it. I don't know Mm -hmm. what an oxer is. I don't know what a, I don't know, what a straight fence is. And again, you can hear, I have the knowledge of it. Um, So I don't commentate that. And I did this particular event at Adelaide Royal Show, just one event. Oh, the audience, I swear to God. (laughs) I think if there had been rotten eggs, they might have thrown it at me. So that's, again, a really good lesson to anybody up and coming out there. I mm-hmm, knew, mm-hmm. even though with my years of experience about being behind the microphone, I knew that I didn't have the knowledge. I was asked to do it, do something. Again, because of my years of experience, I thought, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a try. Yep, I yep. gave it a try and I got heckled for it because <laughs> it's just so important that yep. – you only speak about what you know, and I didn't know the product, so mm-hmm. it was a really good lesson learned for me there. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Don't speak if you don't understand something, because there are people out there that know more than you, always yep. will be, yep. Yep. and when it comes to jumping, my knowledge is nil. <laughs> All right. And I was get, going to say, uh, what's your favourite thing about commentating, but it's obviously not jumping. So what is your favourite thing? Not jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favourite thing is definitely the opportunity where um, being on live stream. I okay. think that 
when I'm uh, ring, I get to be down with the competitors. There are so many people that I would never have met unless I was out there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I live in Melbourne, so I know a lot of the Melbourne competitors. But you know, you've got a lot of people that travel from interstate, like Jess Stalling, now Jess Stones. Uh, you know, Paul Austin and all his team that come in from interstate. There are so many people that travel from all over Australia to get to these major events. And by having me down live stream with them, it's almost as though I'm one of the crew. And they actually nowadays, now that I know a lot of them, yep. are really comfortable with me talking to them. They they almost open up to me. And if I don't talk to them, it's, it's nearly now they sort of sit there and go, oh, but Casey, you didn't talk to me, you know. It's, <laughs> and it's wonderful to be down there because they speak to me about, how their days run or they speak to me about their workouts, go, oh, my horse, you know, we didn't work today. And they just, the best thing about my job is being out there with the competitors and and being on that journey with them, that roller coaster, feeling the emotion and the elation when they win, but also feeling their heartache when things go wrong. And so many times as a commentator, I get to feel that emotion because I'm there the second that they're called forward for a win. Yep. which is great. So I can talk to them and say, how do you feel? And then they're in tears. Um, Alana Richards with her beautiful horse, France, I think who won uh, in Adelaide this year. And, it, and it, he'd not been long back after um, colic surgery, I think he had France. And the family nearly lost him. He was pretty much, as far as I'm aware of, nearly down and out. And I've seen photos of sort of the, the lump and and the sort of the tumory type of thing that they pulled out of that particular horse. And to feel the emotion and the journey that this family had been on and to get back to the elite level and win again, that's what makes my job everything. And, and you know, even to be there if, you know, for example, and you never wish it on anybody, if somebody, you know, falls off or, or takes the wrong turn in the workout after they were pulled in first or something, to be there, to feel that mm. that pain, but to sort of help talk them through it and say, oh, you know, but you did a good job. That's, that's what gives me, I love being out there with the competitors on, on ground with them because, as I said, they treat me like family. And yep. they're used to me now. They know who I am. They know what my job is, so they're not intimidated by me asking them questions anymore because yep. live streaming is now becoming the way of, of the equestrian world. Yep, yep. No, very good, very good. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now, have a look, horsechats.com. Now, if someone wants to get started, because I'm sure you've inspired quite a few people, you know, you've come in, you've talked about it, you've talked about difficult times, but you've talked about how excited you are. That's obviously coming out about, you know, live streaming. If someone does want to get started, what's the best place for them to start? What's the first step? Well, the first step for me would be to go to your local show or go to one of the major shows. Mm -hmm. Get in contact with someone like myself. You know, I'm easily contacted. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. So I'm on all of the social media sites. If you go to a major show and this is something that you aspire to be, and I have talked at Equestrian Victoria teaching young competitors up and coming about the media side of things nowadays because it doesn't matter wherever you go with equestrian sport nowadays. It, it is being filmed or there's live streams. So at some point in time, a person is wanting to speak. And my advice to them is, 
if you're at a major royal show, wherever you are, and if you listen, go and sit yourself if it's something that you want to do in life. Go and sit yourself under the speakers and have a listen to what the commentators say. For me, I'm always about teaching people, and so is Rob Gaylar. The two of us are all about teaching people and schooling them about what we know. If I'm at Melbourne show and, and somebody is really excited to try and get involved, for goodness sakes, come and touch base with us. Send me a message on Instagram. Which events are you going to be next? Or or talk to me via Facebook. Where are you going to be? And that when I'm there, if, if someone sends me a Facebook message saying, hi, Casey, I listened to your podcast, Glenis, I'm really inspired to try and learn about you know what you're doing, it's, we can invite them into the broadcast box and they can see what it is, what we do, and what's involved behind the scenes. Plus, Rob and I are always open to getting a new team member. Like, again, Great. we have a weakness in jumping. So <laughs> if somebody's out there that is a really good comment, like we, we're all about working as a team. So I was lucky in life that I got my start by listening and learning, and that's what you have to do. You need to be able to listen and learn, and if it's where you want to go, sit yourself under a speaker, have a listen to the people that are employed to do that because there's a reason that they're employed. They're speaking about what they know. So, yeah, that's my advice to them. Yep. Get in touch with the people in the know. Maybe not everyone's as inviting as Rob and I. I'm not too sure, but we would be more than happy to help people on the way. And probably one of the things that we would do is we would actually get them online on the microphone and have a chat. Okay. You know? And that's a really good crash test for someone because yep. you can speak to anybody um, face-to-face and, and it's the same as the competitors. Some of them will open up to me out ringside. They'll they'll talk to me face-to-face, but as soon as you shove that microphone under their <laughs> mouth, yes. they absolutely clam up and they won't. So it's a really good crash test for a person to have that opportunity, whether we speak about the weather or how's their day been today or what brings them to, for example, the Royal Melbourne show today. If they get under the microphone and they clam up, when we finish that conversation, I can turn around and say, maybe, you know, this isn't for you. But mm-hmm. it, there's mm-hmm. no way of knowing that unless you're given a chance and everyone deserves a chance. Yep. I think great. And what an invite, you know. You've just got to contact Casey, tell them that you heard them on Horse Chats and um, be in touch with her. That would be really good. Now, Casey, you said Twitter, Instagram. Um, Facebook, I'm, yep. up, I'm over it all. So, yep, I'm pretty easy to find. You'll either see me in jockey silks or in some sort of fashions on the field outfit. <laughs> um, I don't think that there'll be too many people in, in jockey silks or fashions on the field outfits that are Casey Bruce's around the world. So I am I am pretty easy to uh, to find. So if anybody is interested, and I'm, as I said, I'm at most of the major shows always doing the commentary. So if it's something that someone wishes to to do in life, yeah, look, sit underneath the broadcast and have a listen to what we chat about. And if it's something that you're really driven to do, don't be afraid to get in touch with me. And, you know, like at the end of the day, the next event that we're at, perhaps if you make and, you know, set yourself a half an hour and say, oh, listen, Casey, I'm here, I'm inspired to do what you do, mm-hmm. well, let's mm-hmm. have a go. Let's put the microphone underneath your mouth and see how you go. You'll either nail it or you'll clam up. But you yep. don't know unless you're given that chance. Great, great. Now, Casey, those details will be on horsechats.com slash Casey Bruce too. And look, I have really enjoyed this. I've really learned, you know, more about commentating. I um, haven't done much to do with live stream, but certainly it sounds 
very exciting and very easy to make a mistake. Yeah, I'm sure what happens when you make a mistake is they, you know, or or have a technical hiccup. You know what? The best thing about making a mistake is to always pull. I've always been taught that you always pull it back and make a joke of yourself. You know, like if you yes. turn around and say, oops, hang on a minute, we'll be back after this short commercial. Okay, mm-hmm. take two. Mm-hmm. Now, where were we? Um, you know, you sort of always make light of your mistake. You never sit there and go, oh, my God, I just bugged it up because then everyone goes, <laughs> oh. but if you do it that way, whoops, okay, take two. Hang on, short commercial, let's go again. Um, It sounds funny, but I will say to everybody out there that has a horse that competes at a show or a royal or show jumping or in harness or whatever way you are, listen to this one small point. My point is, and it's so funny, you're all going to laugh, the (laughs) horse names that you people give me to read out (laughs) at a royal show is unbelievable. And next time you name a horse, Fair a thought for the commentary team that actually have to read out that name <laughs> because we read hundreds of names a day throughout any horse show and some of the names that we receive, I can't even think of anything at the minute, but I'm telling you now, they tongue twist until the end of the earth and then yep. sometimes we get it and I'm like, oh my gosh, names, they're, they're, they're killers. So spare a thought next time you name a horse your commentary team because your names are killing me. Will do, will do. Casey, thanks again. Thanks for coming. Um, Looking forward to talking to you again and I'm sure you've got some great insights and uh, you'll be able to give us some great advice in everything that you do. You know, I'm really looking forward to hearing about equestrian commentating a bit more as well and some of your adventures there. So thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope that everyone learned something. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.